Hi, everyone. Welcome to Figure It Out Podcast, the podcast where we figure things out. Um, <laughs> my name is Marlena Arjo. I'm a cat owner, a lover of brunch, um, a fan of cappuccinos, and an occasional player of games, but not very well. I'm also um, dumb as shit, which we're going to circle back to at the end because it's not video game related, but I do want to talk about it on the pod. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, my name is Linda Fredström. I am in po- 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 politics. I work in public <laughs> politics. Uh, no, wait, all politics is public. I am a public servant <laughs> living and working in Sweden, Stockholm, um, and I am also sometimes a player of games, but not and an expert. We actually, yeah, I am, I would say bad at gaming. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about video games today, but we have a, um, a guest who is an actual in-the-flesh gamer. Um, why don't you introduce yourself, Brad? <laughs> My name is Brad Fraser, and I am the occasional gamer as well. You can't say occasional gamer. You're our, our expert. <laughs> yeah, you have to I am an over. avid. I am an avid gamer. Okay, thank you. I think we should start by asking Brad, what is your favorite game? Oh yeah. My favorite game I have ever played is. Super Mario RPG. And is that like a game that you played when you were younger? <laughs> is that a real game? That is a game I've played since I was nine years old. And I played it 28, 29 times all the way through up until like two or three years ago. I haven't played it since. What? <laughs> this is a, a Super Nintendo game that's Mario, but it's a turn-based RPG. That's very weird for a favorite game. I don't know how um, a turn-based... Like, an RPG is just a role-playing, like... Mm-hmm. Think Mario. It's Mario, Mario characters. Yeah. Um, and you go through a story that's Mario-based. Um, again, like, you have a villain. You have side characters who are, like, you know, comical relief characters as well, too. But you go through the game as Mario, finding weapons, and you, a turn-based way is... More like you have yourself as Mario and a couple teammates against a couple battle, and you take turns attacking back and forth till mm. one of you runs out of HP. Yeah. Hit yeah. points. Um, but yeah, it was. I think most Final Fantasy games would be the um, are similar to that, but Mario was the one that just that one just kind of took with me because of how fun the story was. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do you have any favorite games, Lena? Um, I tried to think. Um, but I'm not sure. Like I played a lot of. The yeah, I I was... pre-planned this get this question and then forgot about it. But I also have like a list written down. Yeah, yeah. So I played a lot of Sims when I was younger, and then mm-hmm. mm, for a couple of years I played a lot of Skyrim when I was in the U.S. Oh God, yeah, yeah. That's a great game. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I really I, I like. I never like me and my brother would play games and we didn't have like mm-hmm. I think any none of us were like really into it so we didn't know what to play we just like bought a couple of games and 
So so none of them are that famous. There was one called Black and White. And you're like a god and you like build villages and have fights and stuff. Um, most recently I played Borderlands. I think it's called. Hmm. And it's like a multi or like a you can play a local like multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. So I played that with my boyfriend. Quite fun. Um my favorite game of all time is Nintendogs. That's not true. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my favorite game of all time is Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, but I've never actually played it all the way through because it's really hard and I'm really bad at video <laughs> games. <laughs> but um, I have played uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Stardew Valley, which is not a Legend of Zelda game, all the way through like dozens of times. Like to, to completion, <laughs> multiple times for both those. Um, I, in general, I'm a big fan of, of the Legend of Zelda <laughs> uh, series. Although I, I have an unpopular gaming opinion, which is that their most recent game, Breath of the Wild, like sucks. <laughs> um, I've also played a lot of Mario, a lot of Roller Coaster Tycoon. I have played Sims. I guess I've also played Skyrim. I don't know why I didn't think of it last night. I also want to give a special mention to the game Metroid, or like the games in the Metroid series, which I played a lot as a child, and I cherish them deeply, but I'm going to talk about why I think they're so important later. Because I think not only are they really good, but they're also a very important moment in the world of gaming. Nice. Also, an initial question I had was like, okay, because we just um, I just talked about this today, but like, are you uh, when you play a game, will you play as like, will you always choose the same type of character, or like, do you lean towards a specific type of character, or are you very very open to trying everything? Marlena, you can start. Okay, I try to play as women as much as possible in protest. (laughs) I also like if it's like a fantasy style game with like the traditional fantasy type characters, I tend to go for like light armor, mage, swords, that kind of thing. I'm not very good at gaming in general. So like the stealth archery, long distance weapon style is hard for me brad how about you uh it's more the opposite for me i like the stealth and the like assassin characters that are like come out and just will one shot somebody or yeah it's more like strategically placed positioning um but i almost if i can choose a bad guy or anti-hero over the like knight character who's like good and does the right thing i will always choose the bad guy every single time I think the bad guys are more fun. Like on if, if so, Skyrim. You both have played that. If mm-hmm. I can steal anything in the town or destroy the town somehow, I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, because I think that's interesting. Like also with like more, I don't know what that's called, but like world building games. Do you then also tend to like create a tyranny, like or a really really like dystopian place? If you like, would you rather be evil than good? 
in that kind of thing. Oh, abs game. absolutely. If there is a meter that decides if it's light or dark, <laughs> I'm 100% going dark every time. Uh, there is a game, I maybe you've heard of it, called Fable, mm. where you basically start as a child, and it's medieval times, but you start as a child, and you grow up, and you decisions you make in the game will impact story so you basically can do good deeds or bad deeds become evil mm -hmm. and your character actually develops through the deeds so you can be like a golden like beautiful character or your character will start getting horns yeah. the more evil deeds you do and like i always go i think at one point in the game where i i just started destroying the town and all these police that were coming like it was guards i would just just massacre them i don't know why <laughs> But it was more fun to me that way, yeah. So I always choose the bad guy. Marlena is judging you right now. I, I... <laughs> she knows. <laughs> I I would. That's interesting. I'm the opposite. I can't like play the bad. Maybe in some games, but like I tend to just want to have like the best, the best city or like civilization, mm. and like everyone should be happy. And I don't know. <laughs> but I do. I do like to play like a stealth or like just. Maybe uh, like have a bow and arrow if possible, but that's just because mm -hmm. I'm like a coward and I don't want to like. <laughs> if I can stay really far away from the action, I would I like <laughs> prefer that. So, um, okay, mm -hmm. interesting. Now, um, Marlena, maybe you want to start uh, telling us about gaming. Just okay. I think so you have a good I... uh, a good intro. I hope my my whole focus here is the ways I think the gaming industry needs to improve. Um, so I'm just going to jump right in and start with NFTs. So NFTs or non-fungible tokens are unfortunately becoming like a, a thing within the, the world of mainstream gaming. And there's a number of reasons why this is bad, but the biggest one in my opinion is that NFTs fucking suck. <laughs> Um, but let's start with like what an NFT is, because I think it's, it's purposefully confusing. So an NFT is a unique and like non-interchangeable unit of data that's stored on a blockchain. So it's, it's, it's essentially just like a little digital code that represents some sort of digital data, like a piece of art or like digital art or a piece of music or just whatever. Most of the time when you're talking about NFTs, you're talking about digital art. And so it's kind of like this intersection between like original art in the art world and cryptocurrency because it's all based off of the blockchain, which is related to cryptocurrency. <laughs> um, so the way it's explained a lot of time, you get you basically get like the original of a piece of artwork so people can screenshot it people can get copies of it but like in the same way that you can get like a print of the mona lisa for example your print of the mona lisa or your copy is essentially worthless because the actual like piece of art that's worth something is in the louvre mm. but first of all most nfts look like fucking garbage <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're really fucking ugly. <laughs> so I don't know why you'd even want them in the first place. But so I'm not going to like get into a big argument of like, are they good or aren't they good? Because like the bottom line is anyone who 
isn't money laundering or like doesn't have their head so far up Elon Musk's ass knows that they're not good. But I'm just going to like cover the basics of why they're not good. The biggest one for me is that they're really bad for the environment. They rely on cryptocurrencies, which produce huge amount of carbon emissions to be mined and kept secure. And so there's a lot of claims since people are like, wait a minute, this is a bad thing that like, oh, we're going to switch over to a different type of technology that's not going to produce such a big carbon footprint. But there's, first of all, like, as far as I can tell, there's no evidence that there's any effort to switch to a more environmentally friendly technology. And there's also no evidence that a system, like a technology that would be more environmentally friendly and still support cryptocurrencies and NFTs exists right now. Um, and also they're completely worthless. Like they have l like no literal value. And so their only use is as like a tool for money laundering, tax evasion or investment fraud. And so like, first of all, they're taking money out of the, the hands of morons, but they're also being used for a bunch of shady rich people bullshit. And again, they're really ugly and people that talk about them are like really annoying. <laughs> um, and so the, the world of games is getting mixed in with this NFT world because a lot of large video game companies are using NFTs to create an incentive program to replace their like existing reward system or like loot systems. So Brad, can you explain what a loot system in a, in a game is um yeah actually we just played one uh borderlands is a loot system game so the way you would uh kill enemies and they drop things like that mm -hmm. throughout the game the more you kill the more chance you have of getting a better item like more like a common or rare i'm sure you when you're shooting things and killing them they drop items and you see ones like a rare and you're like wow it's a stronger gun or item that's how a looter game would work you just go and the more enemies you kill gives you a better chance of getting better items um so like, yeah, and it, it'll permanently increase your anything to permanently increase your players, your character's stats or abilities like that throughout it. That's how a looter would work. But I've I've also under the impression though that the loot that you receive isn't always something that has an actual playable benefit. Like you can re you can receive things like skins or weapons that change like how your character looks or how they can be played but you can also receive like i don't know it's like weird tokens that are like kind of like a status symbol but don't actually do much for you some games have that but most looters like borderlands and other games like that too are meant for increasing your stats they won't drop a lot of things like you you can drop like skins things too mm -hmm. or pieces that enough pieces to make a skin or something like that but most games and looters are meant for you to grind time they don't want more purchase in game they want more play time mm -hmm. um so think of world of warcraft how you pay a monthly subscription they don't really care about how much or like how much money is just being in game usually they want you to play that with the play time that matters to them so if you're spending 48 hours a week um from nine to five playing a game with world of warcraft and you're in a dungeon fighting the same monster over and over and over again so it drops has like a five percent chance of dropping something that's what they want you to do. That's what they make it. It's just a low percentage. If they didn't care if anyone could get it, they would uh, make everyone make it available for everyone. But they want you to, the play time. So, 
yeah, most looters are just going to be more um, repetition killing. You'll kill mobs and enemies mm -hmm. to have an uh, increase your chance of dropping something. And that's the other thing I wanted to to make sure was point out was that most looters like most loot systems in games right now rely on playtime, not on money spent in the game. Like some games do have a system right now where you can like buy loot boxes, but a lot of it is based on like playtime or like monsters defeated or whatever. And so these these video games that are starting to incorporate NFTs, they're introducing NFTs as loot. And so in these pre-existing loot systems, you can now get NFTs and then you can sell those NFTs to other people in the game for like real money. So, so the first one is free, like in like with drug abuse. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. They do so, offer that in a lot of games too. When a pre-purchase and before a game actually comes out, you'll get something that comes exclusively to you for pre-purchasing mm -hmm. the game. So you would want to collect. And people who do like free, even free games too, are easily monetized. Like League of Legends is a free game to download and play. There is nothing you have to do, and you can actually play the game and almost earn skins by not purchasing anything. Sometimes, but they have skin releases almost every couple of weeks if not less they have a kind of a what most games even now is called a battle pass or a season pass where you purchased 20 bucks into it 10 bucks into it and the more you play the more things you can unlock to that pass to get like these vanity things too but they have a way of monetizing almost every mm -hmm. way of this game and a game that has like it's free to play is one of the most monetized games in the world mm. so companies like ubisoft which is known for Assassin's Creed and Far Cry and Behavior, which is known for Dead by Daylight. And both those companies at this point have begun to introduce NFTs into their games. And so in addition to the concerns about NFTs just sucking in general, there's also concerns for like fans of these games about what this is actually going to do to the gameplay itself. So one of the biggest issues is that by adding these NFTs that are like supposedly worth all this money that you can trade for actual real money they're going to have to increase the cost of this like looting system and make it less reliant on gameplay and more reliant on like in-game purchases and so what's going to happen is that's going to create this real world economic inequality within the video game where really really famous people or gamers with a lot of money are the only ones that can afford this loot system and can afford to continue getting these NFTs. And additionally, it's going to turn these like beloved games that have a big fan base right now into like play to win bullshit and take out a lot of the, I don't know, funness of the <laughs> game and just turn it into like a, essentially another way for the, the gaming companies to make a lot of money and the gamers themselves to be unwilling participants in tax evasion. It's a funny, like, because I have in my, like, one of the things I'm going to talk about is, like, how uh, games are a lot about, like, being someone else or, like, having the opportunity to, like, mm -hmm. go into another world and, like, do things that you can't do in the 
and that can be to be very evil like Brad or it can be to just mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like live in a medieval setting or whatever but yeah it's interesting that mm-hmm. like if you bring kind of the the purchases or the like commercial aspects of the games into the actual like environment then it becomes again like a place where you are very limited by like how much money you yeah. have and like what you can actually do so it's yeah it defeats like one of the key aspects of why people like gaming it like completely removes that yeah exactly um my next topic i want to talk about and this is like a way bigger issue seven months ago is hot tub streamers like this has been fully resolved at this point <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know what talk it about is, it like so it I'm hasn't excited. Okay, so this uh, this is a story about the platform Twitch, which is Amazon's live streaming platform. And since its inception, it's been like its primary focus has been on video game streaming. And but like in the past year or so, there's been an increasing number of these so-called hot tub streamers on the platform. And what a hot tub streamer is is it is a person, usually a hot woman, who spends like hours and hours sitting in a hot tub and just responding to viewer comments in the chat. Um, I'm actually a big fan of the hot tub streamers because there's something so like warm and lovely about it. It's like sleepover vibes. Like it's just a, like I, <laughs> first of all, like the primary, the primary draw to a hot tub streamer is sexual. Yeah, I was going to say, how does it differ from a cam girl or cam modeling? Because it's, it's, a lot of it isn't sexual in nature. She just happens to be wearing a bikini. Like, it's a girl who's scantily clad, but, like, having fun and just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And so I've watched quite a few hot tub streamers, be, like, during this whole controversy to support them. But also just because it's, it's, like, a fun thing to watch. It's, like, fun girls who look hot and they're just, like chatting and having fun and responding to are there <laughs> to multiple girls in the hot tub or is it just one person one girl okay one girl but she's um, she's talking to the audience yeah she's talking to the audience mm-hmm. it's like a live stream on instagram but she's in a bikini mm-hmm. all right um and like a lot of times there'll be an aspect of like because a big part of twitch is like you can subscribe or donate money during the during the stream and so there'll be like an aspect of like if we hit like 50 subscriptions i will take one of the video or off. it's not allowed um one of the <laughs> one of the hot toast streamers i watched for like two hours one night she kept promising banana time which like also worked because i was like i have no idea what the fuck banana time is so like i, I can't shut this off until we reach banana time because i need to know <laughs> what banana time is and I think she eventually did get, like, a temporary ban for the banana time. But she had this inflatable banana, and at 50 subscribers, she just sat on it for, like, 30 minutes and continued just answering questions, but now she was sitting on an inflatable banana. And, (laughs) (laughs) like, it's just so low stakes. Women can go on there and make a ton of money in, like, a male-dominated platform... I think it's great. I'm a I'm very pro hot tub streaming. Okay. Well, um, it's also, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Was there like a controversy around it though, where people like yes. against it? Okay. <laughs> yes, there's a huge controversy around it. 
So an important note here is that Twitch does have rules regarding nudity and like sexual behavior. So specifically, they do not permit any partial or full nudity from their streamers. But they do have a caveat in there that if you're in swimwear in an appropriate context, then that's fine. And in, within their like appropriate context, they have like in a pool, at a beach, or at a concert. <laughs> and so it's like very much, I feel like swimwear is like a-okay. Um, they also prohibit what they label as sexually suggestive content, which I think that's a really funny, like kind of like the hardcore porn, like you know it when you see it kind of <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> rule. But they, they do clarify that that does cover the use of sex toys, st- um, simulated, ste- simulated sex acts, erotic dancing, explicit gestures, and any fetishized behavior, which I also think it's really funny because, like, that's everything. That could be like, anything, yeah. <laughs> go to Pornhub, and, I, <laughs> and I'm sure you can learn. <laughs> like, that doesn't exclude a lot. <laughs> but that's what the banana time... Uh... Yeah, was. yeah, that's the issue with the banana time segment. Yeah. Or maybe that's just regular insinuation. <laughs> not, not but fetish. one of the most legitimate concerns about these hot tub streamers was that since they're kind of like porn adjacent, um, and it's very clear the appeal of hot tub streaming is sexual. Um, so because of this like inherent sexual nature to it since in the past, the like closest category that they could, cause you have to pick a category that you're streaming under in Twitch. The closest one they could say they were a part of was the just chatting category, mm-hmm. which is just people chatting <laughs> and non hot tub, just chatting streamers had concerns that being lumped within this category with these hot tub streamers would cause them to lose ad revenue because brands wouldn't want to have any sort of association with anything like porn adjacent. And I think that is a legitimate concern and valid, but there's also a lot of like really illegitimate concerns about the hot tub streamers. One of which was that it goes against Twitch guidelines since it's not gaming content and is sexual in nature. But as we just covered, there's no rules. Well, we didn't cover this, but there are no rules that Twitch streaming has to be gaming. Yeah. But as we did just cover, there's also no rules about, like, wearing a bikini in a hot tub. Like, that's totally allowed under Twitch guidelines. And during the controversy around hot tub streaming, Twitch put out an official statement, which I love, <laughs> which says, um, while we have guidelines about sexually suggestive content, being found to be sexy by others is not against our rules. Twitch will not take enforcement action against women or anyone on our service for their perceived attractiveness. <laughs> Which I think is just like chef's kiss. <laughs> another <pretty> concern <laughs> Another concern which came from like other women streamers on the platform was that due to the popularity of hot tub streaming, there was a lot of like unwanted pressure on non-hot tub streamers who are women to produce more sexual content, mm. which I think is also an issue, but I don't think that's on the hot tub streamers to fix. That's on Twitch to, to in, like enforce not pressuring women to undress on their platform. Yeah. 
I don't think that we should punish the hot tub streamers for that. I think we should punish the people that are telling women to get naked on Twitch. Yeah. But there was also... Yeah. (laughs) There's also predictably just a major, like, misogynistic issue with them. Um, Because, like I said, hot tub streaming is a way for women to, like, have fun and make a ton of money. And people hate when women do that. So there's a lot of complaints that like hot tub streaming is so desperate and slutty and pathetic. And like, we don't want that on Twitch because like, this is a a great platform for stand up men. And we don't need these sad sluts bringing us all (laughs) down. But first of all, like those are just the most generic insults that women receive every single day just for existing. But also like nothing that, that women do is ever just left alone by men. So I think hot tub streaming is like the most victimless thing you can do. Like, oh, they're taking money away from, from the poor gamer men. And it's like, yeah, but so are, like, are you exploiting lonely men? Yes, but so are the actual game streamers. They're also taking money away from lonely men that are like using them as like as a parasocial interaction. Like it's the exact same thing. It's just women doing it instead of men. Yeah. I and yeah, go ahead. I think the, a lot of problem too is with just the people who are streaming who are to a mid-level success where that's an average of like a thousand viewers around there or less. And it, it's a mix between men and women when the person you're talking about, Amaranth, that specific hot tub streamer. That did the banana time? The banana time, yeah. She uh, she went from 200 from initially doing it to 30,000 viewers at one time. And it rem- whenever someone, let's say like, there's a streamer I think named Sweet Tales and she is, she's a gamer. And she doesn't do any kind of sexual content, but she is, I mean, she's a gamer. Um, mm-hmm. She's attractive and she, she knows her, her audience too. And she's even admitted like how, if people asked her how she got popular and she just said it as a joke, she said, I have boobs. And that was a funny thing to say. Um, but she has like stated her opinion about how this person who's done this has taken my audience from me and I've worked so hard to do this, but it's like, you didn't. But my issue with that is yeah. like, that feels like some internalized misogyny to blame the woman that takes your audience and not, not the men that take it. Like what is like, why are people not on Twitch complaining that I don't know, like, uh, what are some big Twitch streamers? Um, <laughs> like complaining that these, these gamers are taking their audience from like smaller streamers. Like that's yeah. how this industry works is there's yeah, gonna be people it's, who are huge and people that are small. It's entertainment overall so you're gonna go the most entertaining you want to watch yeah but i'm not here to watch someone perform in a video game well i don't care about watching them play well at a video game it's more i think twitch is an entertainment platform so that's why they have music and just chatting and that's why just chatting is yeah. always one of the top three it's there's like four or five games that are up there but just chatting like pokemon she is a gamer but she's a pretty um she's pretty she's got like a few games she plays, but most of these people who watch her are probably men who want to see this pretty girl talk and do dance and dancing too, like the Dance Dance Revolution. Those games are just like what these, I'm not saying these like incels, but these men, they, they will flock to this and they do. Yeah. But it, I think it's a jealousy thing. There's a very big jealousy thing of seeing someone yeah. go from 2000 to 3000, like, oh, it's because she has, she's a woman and she's attractive. That's why she gets it. And like, I not think. Not fair, but I don't agree. That's. 
think it's, it's unf- perfectly it's fair. unfair because I think a lot of women, like gamer streamers, like women that actually stream themselves playing games, a lot of their audience doesn't come from them being like funny or good at gaming. It comes from the fact that they're attractive women. Yeah. And so there's other attractive women that are now taking out the like the the pretext of like, oh, I'm doing this as a gamer. They're just saying, hey, I'm a hot woman and I'm hanging out. And it sucks to like have like basically in your face, like I was only watching you because you were hot. Now there's someone who's hot and isn't pretending to be good at games. And like that's that sucks. But that's the sad reality, which like I'll, I'll talk about like women in gaming and how they're like completely fetishized and like treated as this I don't know this not like a, not real gamers but that's not an issue with the hot tub streamers that's an issue with gaming culture mm. and I think it's really unfair for women gamers especially to say like I hate the hot tub streamers because they've stolen my audience yeah because yeah. all they've done is something that's fun for them and makes them money and like you should be angry that you you can't have an audience as a woman in gaming just for being a gamer. Yeah, and I said I think it creates a problem of more, not only, but women attacking women on a platform that mm-hmm. women really struggle on. Yeah, yeah. That- yeah. It, it, it's a very classical like thing to, to pit women against each other rather than like, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, there could be like both segments and like if mm-hmm. people, like people can watch both women play games and sit in a hot tub like there's not and be in a hot tub a, <laughs> yeah. a problem between yeah them. yeah um and like also this this whole complaint of like having like even if you like for some if you for some reason you actually think hot tub gaming is like slutty and like pathetic and desperate like even if you actually buy into that we're talking about like an industry that's well known for like its use of slurs it's rampant misogyny and the complete lack of like representation of women or minorities within it. Like this is not a stand-up community. Like this is a community that's known for how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And so like from a community where the only representation that women have gotten historically is like sexual in nature, I think it's just complete it's a complete fallacy to try to say that like hot tub streamers are somehow bringing that community down by existing as sexual and like sexy women without the the context of gaming yeah 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 i think it's also interesting kind of like how a lot of these uh these large streamers the big like the big triple streamers who are making the most money ever since like they used to be comfortable streaming on twitch all the time they still make a lot of money doing it but a lot of the really popular ones the ones that have 40 50 000 viewers every day they're actually leaving twitch to be like a YouTube exclusive streamer because YouTube will offer them a better overall deal mm-hmm. over that time. And I wonder if like this kind of thing of like Twitch opening up its like doors to other things and being more available with like music and concerts and hot tub streams and other things, just chatting being so popular, like they're trying to make it more open. And YouTube has a, a much finer line of what you can and can't show and can do. Um, and they have like, if you want to like, let's say if she wanted to be a hot tub streamer on YouTube, it wouldn't be like a, just a basic contract of agreement. They would make it her individual contract of what she can and can't do for her alone, mm-hmm. other than just being a wide overall over the over the top of it. But yeah. I think that's one of the things that has drawn these hot tub streamers to Twitch rather than like you said YouTube or even like OnlyFans, mm-hmm. 
is that it's such an open and like I don't know, like fluid platform and there's so much you can do on there versus like an OnlyFans account or a YouTube account where like you you're much more defined in what you're producing as content. I'm I'm very much pro hot tub streamer. Yeah. <laughs> but after this whole controversy Twitch has officially added a pools, hot tubs, and beaches category, which has completely legitimized the hot tub streamers. And it also, it showed that Twitch is willing to listen to women content creators and to help create a safe space for them rather than just banning them from the platform in response to the controversy. I also read that the most popular stream in the... um, what was it the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category when it first opened? Was a live stream of Geralt from The Witcher bathing, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> from the actual, from the game yeah. or the actual, okay. the actual <laughs> game. <laughs> when he's in, in a tub and like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so, like, while this was a major win for the gaming community, I think it also leads us into. The other area I want to talk about where gaming needs to improve, which is women in gaming. So I'm going to start with Gamergate, which happened in 2014. So this happened in 2014. And it was essentially a um, a campaign of online harassment, like an organized campaign of online harassment directed towards prominent women in gaming. So a few of the main targets were Zoe Quinn and Brianna Wu, who are two game developers. And Anita Sarkeesian, who is a feminist media critic. All three of these women, as well as like countless others, were doxxed. They received death threats and threats of rape. And all of this was a response to like minimal progressivism within gaming. So the inciting incident of this whole thing was when Zoe Quinn released a game called Depression Quest. Um, it was a text-focused game, and the goal of it was to like to depict the experience of depression through a gaming, through a game. And it got like banging reviews from media critics, but it received a lot of backlash from actual gamers because it had this very atypical format, and a lot of gamers opposed this like quote-unquote political angle the game had, which I think is really funny because like it was just about depression, <laughs> and like I guess. Being depressed is like a liberal trait. <laughs> like, <laughs> mental health is for the commies only. <laughs> but this this backlash for this game, Depression, Depression Quest, escalated to this full-on anti-feminist campaign against uh, this campaign of harassment towards anyone and everyone who is perceived to be this this threat against this like cultural boys club around gaming. And it was such a big deal that lasted so long that, like, the FBI had to get involved to try to, like, shut it down. And um, I'm just going to kind of, like, leave the Gamergate story here. Yeah. Like, it it eventually died down. Uh, several women, like, had to move to new houses because they'd been doxxed. Like, it, it's, it was a life-ruining event for a lot of women. But I'm going to move shift away from it and just kind of focus on the general experience of women and feminists, especially within gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really visceral gender divide within gaming. Here's a quote I found from the Washington Post, which I really liked talking about this divide. So it says, 
The divide is in part demographic. It's the difference between the historical stereotypical gamer, your nerdy white guy who likes guns and boobs, and the much broader, more diverse range of people who play now. So we've seen this really huge increase in diversity within the world of gaming. And at this point, nearly half of all gamers are women. But in 2014, the year that Gamergate happened, there were actually more women gamers than men. And this huge increase of diversity just has not been reflected by the gaming industry in any capacity. It's become like this well-kept secret because the industry behind gaming is so afraid to upset its like longtime target audience. And so like even today outside the world of like indie games, there's just minimal representation of women and the major development companies actively shun the female audiences. There's also this issue in like life generally that anything that women or like more specifically like girls like is lame and needs to be made fun of, like Pumpkin Spice or Taylor Swift or the Twilight novels. Whenever women insert themselves into a space that's traditionally male dominated, but like especially an entertainment space, there's a huge amount of backlash. And so an example of this is like Captain Marvel, who is a superhero that is clearly not made for like male, for the male gaze, but is a woman nonetheless. And like whatever something is made, like not even just for women, but like ambiguously for anybody in a space that used to be like a male entertainment, there's just this huge backlash from people. And so... I just want to, like, call out the gaming industry and say, like, it's time to wake the fuck up and, like, face the music. Gaming is no longer a hobby just for boys. It's become an incredibly diverse and, as a result, more feminist space. And this has happened, like, completely under the feet of, like, the gaming industry. And so it's time to catch up. And as male gamers, it's time to make this space more comfortable for anyone who loves the same medium the same way that you do. And so it's important, I think, as a male gamer to stand up for women gamers and support women game creators and work on making this a more inclusive space. And like not even necessarily, like I said, a a less toxic space, but just a space that women feel as comfortable as you do being a part of. Mm. And I think a, a really important factor in asking the gaming industry to do better, either like in terms of like, removing nfts or like allowing women to safely be a part of the culture is to recognize why this this media matters so much um video games i think are absolutely an art form and it's also like a very unique and important form of expression within the modern age video games have this really unique characteristic of being like a mashup of so many different forms of art like 3D modeling, illustration, like narrative and storytelling, music, like all these things go into making a single video game. And so they they create this incredibly dynamic and also incredibly personalizable form of art that's really hard to replicate in any other sort of mediums. And so if video games matter, which I think they do, then it's time for the world and the video game industry to take this art form more seriously. And a part of taking it seriously is to fix the glaring issues within the industry. But I want to end on just a celebration of, like, 
women in the games that I love. Um, I, I'm actually going to switch this up. I'm going to start with talking about Zelda. Um, specifically, the game Ocarina of Time, which came out in 1998. And it's just a, a continuation of the Legend of Zelda series. And it's a game that I have famously played, like, countless times all the way through, and also, like, 100-ed multiple times. Um, so at one point in the game, spoiler alert, but also it came out in 1998, um, <laughs> you meet this mysterious and androgynous character, Sheik, who's, like, a badass and seems to know a lot more about, like, what's going on and, like, what to do than the actual protagonist of the story and our hero, Link. And later in the game, you find out that Sheik is actually the like traditional damsel in distress from the series, Princess Zelda, who in this game has disguised herself as this androgynous character so that she can kick ass as a woman in the game. But I think the, the more important and actually older representation of women in games is from the Metroid series. And, like, again, spoiler alert, but also <laughs> this game came out in 1986. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you play the entire game as this, like, enigmatic spacesuit-wearing hero with a gun for an arm. And, like, the game takes place in space, so they have, like, a bubble head and... This protagonist, whose name is Samus, just kicks a ton of fucking ass. Like, Samus fucking rules as a character. And you get all the way through the game, and, like, finally, in, like, the final screen of the game, like, game is beaten, it's over, final screen, it shows Samus standing triumphantly and, for the first time, suitless. And what you discover is that Samus is a bikini-clad woman with long hair and hot pink boots... And this reveal has stuck with me from, like, when I first played this game as a tiny child. As, like, not only such an important part of, like, gaming to me, but such an important part of, like, womanhood. That, like, there's never any question throughout the game of, like, is this a man or a woman? Like, it's like, no, this character just fucking kicks ass. And she fucking rules. And then at the very end, like, with no pomp and circumstance, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, your hero has been wearing a bikini and, like, has been a woman and she's kicked all this fucking ass. And I wanted, like, a longer list than just two. <laughs> but the, I would, the like, list... pitch in to that with a female ga- or female protagonist, too, is that... Laura Croft. Laura Croft. Yeah. When, since I was a teenager, or younger than that, too, just a woman who's dropped in a cave the very first game and you just go through fighting, like, wild beasts to a mansion full of like 50 men who were set of guns she's like two guns and you just kill all of them and stop them all just to do like to beat her and so throughout several games she's like she's acrobatic she's strong she like gets injured she gets hurt and she just keeps on going the entire game laura croft i've never played tomb raider somehow that one missed me but laura croft i think is a good example of like a badass woman in in gaming except for the like bimbofication of her like she's scantily clad she's got jumbo pointed pixelated titties Mm -hmm. and like that's fine and i think it's great to have boobs women that are badass and also sexy like i don't think there's anything wrong like i'm a 
huge fan of bimbos. <laughs> yeah. But the way she's talked about it in gaming is often just like she's been reduced to just like a cyber bimbo. And she like she's a badass, but she's a bimbo. And so I as much as I think like she's written as a, a great feminist character, I think the way she's been treated by like the gaming culture is unfortunate. And that's always the problem, I guess, with like how it's how it's gonna be I, perceived uh, is like always gonna be in the That's what I think is so yeah. great about Samus from the Metroid games is that they didn't they didn't give you a chance to like to question if she was a bimbo. Like they weren't like, here's a great shot of a pixelated bouncy ass as she's kicking ass. They just showed yeah. this tiny little person in a suit and at the very end they were like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and by the way, it's a woman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even before that, though, like the, uh, the one of the biggest games of all time, which, which beat the original, was Mrs. Pac-Man. That game, That's when true. Mrs. Pac-Man came out, it destroyed Mr. Regular Pac-Man by far, just, just by adding lipstick <laughs> and a bow. There was no. That's the only second thing. That's only had. It has two but little like, colors. Justice, justice for the. The women that don't wear lipstick or bows, like I mean, yeah, but like need... back in the like those times too, like when the games were first coming out, it's a simple pixel game. But I mean, I definitely agree that Sam is probably the best one because you have no idea throughout the entire game, Sam and there are game characters rules. like the only games that come to mind too. That I mean, there are plenty of female characters that are like aren't I think overly sexualized that are important. I mean, like there, but the two that I come to mind was childhood play were. Like Street Fighter is Chun Li, but she has like she's very thick and she's very like has she has very thick thighs mm-hmm. and she wears a tiny a tiny waisted like kind of skirt thing, kind of skirt like yeah uh, too. So, but she so also so much of like women in games has been yeah. like over sexualized. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, even if these... you're not a damsel in distress, you're still a hot woman. Yeah, mm. I do think though it's important to think that like this character in this game, even like you know back in the '80s is that this is a small, nimble character who fights against these huge, buff men, these games. And just playing this character means, shows that like this nimble character who is like quick is able to beat all these men. You can, you can take this woman, if you want to play as a woman, and beat the entire game with her and beat all these men who are like huge and macho and doing this crazy stuff too as well. Um, but I think Tomb Raider is the only game I've seen progressively in Mass Effect where you can choose which character you can make, a woman or a man, that completely just change it but the, the newer Laura Croft Tomb Raider games she's not over sexualized I mean she does wear like a small more like less clothing but she's not overly like ridiculously busty or she's not completely like have like these ridiculously sized body parts too but she just and she's a tough human being like she isn't just um mm-hmm. and you're you are a human being in this game you're not some kind of like superhero you you run through the game and you go through things you take you get she i think one point she gets on a, she's a uh, parachuting off this plane too and she falls through the brush she gets slashed by trees and she gets like st- impaled by a branch she just keeps on going the entire game you get injured you keep on going and she's not just like like acrobatic and strong she's i'm pretty sure i can't exactly she's an architect or not she's an archaeologist too so she's mm-hmm. extremely intelligent and she, the entire game she's always been that way she's always been that that um that qualified but she's just a cool character who gets through it yeah yeah that's all i have 
Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I I will um, I will kind of come back to some of the points you had, Marlene. I think, but um, we'll we'll make it work. I was trying to find while you were talking about like, um, but because I didn't go into that. But the the um, Activision Blizzard had a big mm-hmm. controversy around their like like sexual harassment within the company, right? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So yeah. there's like a very clear like it, it goes all the way through. It's like mm-hmm. among players, like how you interact is is very like tainted by a, a sexist um, discourse, and like the games themselves kind of portray women very. Um, I mean, obviously with exceptions, but generally in a very like objectifying or sexualized way, and also within the gaming companies. There is like mm-hmm. um, a lot of. Uh, it's a very it's a difficult environment I think for women, and that I mean, could explain a lot why why the games are still the way they are because uh, mm-hmm. as a woman, a woman game developer, obviously it's not an easy yeah um, work environment. Um, but I wanted to start with like a positive note or like I tried to like think about like what is gaming. Um, and first of all, like with video games, like how do they differ from board games or like any other type of game? Mm-hmm. But I didn't really come up with any of like. In a way, there are a lot like just games in general that it's about like playing, basically. Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think limitations of a board game where you can do in a board game compared yeah. to a video game is it's a much obviously it's much bigger spectrum of what you can do. Like yeah. And more but visually funny, like, interesting and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a lot of more stimulation for different things too. And I but kind of which is really kind of surprised me in the past few, I think year, is people really started playing Dungeons and Dragons on like Twitch and streaming that. And that is mm-hmm. completely just like I play that with my friends as well too. And it's not so much like role playing as a character, like you know, with really in-depth character, but being that character and going through emotions with that with your friend too and having these fun experiences, like it's almost, it, but it's all in your head. Yeah. You can have visuals, you know, and aesthetics on like on the screen to help you, but there's no like character swinging a sword and like you're controlling them. You're just completely moving a icon on a map that someone made and going through your own story, which it's always been a board game. And my, it's just crazy how that is actually taking a huge stride since almost just pretty much COVID, I think really, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so like in a lot of ways, it is very like similar, and like especially those like more strategy-focused games, maybe because I could see like how a, a shoot shooter game is is not the same mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, uh, like the social aspect, a lot of it's quite similar. That it's about like um, that you can play with friends and you can um, kind of explore you... a world with different rules and yeah. So this is the question for kind of both of you. I know Marlene's answer mostly, but um, you had you play um, played Borderlands. Do you think you would have played that game on your own accord, or if he ever showed you that game, would you have played only with him? Um, I don't think I would have played it on my. Oh, maybe, maybe with my brother, but then it's still with a, <laughs> a male <Yeah. laughs> contact in my life. Someone, yeah, but just like a social game. Sorry, I did. I don't have anything else on the social, but I think I like your <laughs> point, Brad. No. Um, really good. I um, 
I wanted to go back to this idea that also gaming is about like um, exploring another side of yourself or like exploring the world in a different way, like mm-hmm. being able to test things or like um, live out your dreams kind of thing. Um, and for that, I think one like one example of that, I would say, is The Sims, like all of those games. Mm-hmm. Um in that you can like live a pretty like normal life. It's more it, like you have a job and you maybe start a family and stuff. But it's um, you you get quite a broad range of like alternatives within that world. And I found a really like I thought a, a neat story on like how the game was first developed and like how it has become a very successful game according to this this source. Uh, based on this particular feature. Uh, so when, when The Sims was first released, I think it's in 2000. Uh, so the year 2000. Um, mm-hmm. This is a time to give to set the scene when uh, gay marriage is illegal in all countries of the world. Uh, so nowhere can you, as a gay uh, person, get married. Um, but when they were designing this game, this was kind of a... It wasn't a very... Uh, big game it was EA Games had just bought mm-hmm. um, what are they called? I had it in my notes. I thought Maxis, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Maxis was had become part of EA Games, and um, they had kind of this idea of creating a simulation type of game for like just regular life. So they had the, done SimCity before, and they were like, we're gonna do this more micro level. Um, Version. Did Sim City come before regular Sims? Yeah. Well, I had just assumed it was vice versa. No, I actually thought so huh. as well. But no, uh, they first started with like kind of a city building concept and then hmm. took it down to this level. Uh, but it wasn't a very like uh, important game for them. They didn't think it would become anything big. Um, but they were kind of uh, on the back burner uh, developing it and. One of their developers, Patrick J. Barrett, the third in my note, it says, but I don't know if that's <laughs> relevant, um, was uh, working over like while the rest of the the crew were on vacation, and he was like designing the um, the interactions that the Sims could have in the game, uh, and this was actually an outdated design document. Um, so it wasn't updated to like what they wanted the game to be, but he started coding the like the social interactions uh, and he was really excited because he saw that like all uh, sims c- will be able to form like romantic relationships with all other sims there are no like restrictions and um patrick himself according to this um swedish podcast i listened to uh, was gay so he was really excited to see that uh, mm-hmm. this was included um and no one, when he showed it to, to the rest of the gang, they were like, yeah, looks all right. And then they went to E3. Do, do any of you know what that is? Mm-hmm. Brad, can you no. tell, tell us? Um, usually E3 is like, uh, it, it's, I don't oh, want to say I like. I know what that is. What? I think I know what that is, actually. It's kind of an expo for new yeah, games coming like- out. Yeah. A convention, a gaming convention. Yeah, where they release and introduce. No, all... I think expo is a better word. Well, I mean, they, it's it's convention. It's fine, but if people at an expo where they have released all um, or not all, but most platforms like 
I mean, Xbox, PS4, album, or some of the album release games in their in their in their fields in a row. What games are coming out in the future to see what they're going to be playing? So you're going to see all these new games coming out where you can get soon and later, and what's expected of these games and consoles and whatnot. But yeah, continue. Sorry, it's no, like an same. Apple keynote event, but for gaming. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So E3 that year, um, they they were showing a demo of this game. And they had kind of a script for it. It was a wedding. Um, but two of the female sims that were like guests at the wedding went off script and like started making out. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't like supposed to be in the in the demo. But it was <laughs> just kind of happened. And that got a lot of attention for the game. So everyone was like really excited and like, what is what is happening? Very intrigued. Um, and and then it became this kind of because EA Games actually didn't want it, but they were like, uh, now that this has become such a big deal, we can't really remove it. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so that's basically how how Sims became quite a like a progressive game in that sense that it was. That's very... incredible. And I think yeah, it's... <laughs> that's it's so sweet. It's that perfect they're... that that happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I. I played Sims, like the original Sims, a long time ago, and like, I just feel like I took that for granted. Like I was like, "Yep, I've got, I've got boys, I've got girls. They're mm-hmm. kissing each other. Who knows who's kissing who?" And I like that was just like, yeah, and, yeah. And I think I've like listened to also in this podcast they mentioned that like. They, were, they talked to a woman who was like, she was trans and she had started playing Sims and she had had like families or like she started with like a family of two people and it was one that was supposed to like represent her as a man. But then she also mm-hmm. had like, but I also wanted like a, a girl in the, in the family. And then like she realized as she played that like she identified a lot more with the girl and that became like a big part of her like mm-hmm. um, discovery of herself and and also she said, I think it was really sweet, she talked about like how The Sims is a... The game is very, in a way, simple. That like people will... Like you can dress however you want and you can like kind of be whoever mm-hmm. you want. And there's like no prejudice for from other Sims. So no one's going to be like, uh, you can't wear... Like that's a really slutty outfit. Or like, uh-huh. <laughs> you can't yeah, be with a it's... man. You're like, And it's... Um, I think a neat little like safe space for people to like explore yeah. um, themselves and like what they what they like and um, so so I think just a good example of how what games can be and like how video games can like be a place to um, explore who you are. Uh, but unfortunately, we don't live in a in a perfect world where games are always uh, accidentally. Um, including a, a lesbian couple at a wedding. Um, <laughs> and um, while it can be this like enabling space where you can like explore things that you can't in, in your own life, it can also be this place that's like kind of creating restrictions for you and like what you uh, can do. And maybe more obvious, like we talked about how you can look and present yourself. Um, and I wanted to like kind of give at least an, a suggestion for why it, it is that a lot of games are more directed towards a male audience and uh, 
probably also a straight and white male audience, um, even if I'm not sure about that fully. Um, so brief, brief history lec uh, lecture on, on the uh, video game uh, history. Um, the first video game came out like in the 60s. Uh, it was called Space War. Um, and up and between like the 70s and 80s, there was a big market of um, video game consoles coming out, gaming consoles, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so there was one called the Brown Box, one called Odyssey, uh, one called Atari 2600, I guess. Um, however, because there were so many different consoles and, and uh, the, the um, companies would create games only for their console, um, after a while, the, the market was kind of saturated, so everyone who wanted a console had one already, and they weren't going to get mm -hmm. all of them. Uh, and especially a big problem uh, with this was that uh, a lot of the consoles were really bad, like they weren't producing good games and they didn't work that well. So there was like kind of a big um, game uh, console crash in 1983. So the market... Um, went bust, I wanted to say, but I'm not sure what that means. But they were... Um, <laughs> the video game industry was really suffering, and a lot of companies went bankrupt, uh, and the ones that didn't, one of them being Nintendo, um, set out to, like, kind of uh, regroup and find their, like, core audience. Like, who who is playing our games? How can we better, like, uh, serve their needs and, like, create games that they want to play? Um and they went to gaming conventions or like expos, similar um, places. And they did the. Uh, they kind of saw that there there seems to be mostly men at these things and and um, mostly younger men. Um, and then they kind of doubled down on that uh, idea that like men are the ones who play our games, and um, therefore we should make games specifically targeted towards them. Um, but there's, I don't know if the, this is just my um, interpretation, but I wonder if that was maybe not a, the best like way necessarily to measure who is playing games, to just go to like a convention or like uh, it, it could be that there's a broader range of, of players that they missed. But either way, what, what kind of happened was this um, echo chamber or like feedback loop of like mm -hmm. creating games only for men um made more men play and um i was parenthesis but i wonder if like the game boy console if that was like yeah was what's a, up with that <laughs> that was released just a couple of years after and i was like is this your was this your market analysis <laughs> how hard do we have to fight and how long until we get a game girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and the, the result of this was kind of because they were so specifically targeting men and wanted to like make it uh, I, I don't know if I can say that maybe it doesn't have to be sexu sexualizing women just because it's for men but it appears to be yeah. <laughs> that that was one of the, yeah. the key um features of a, a male dominated um, 
I feel like that's gotten progressively worse, though. Like, as more women have gotten into gaming, like, the sexualization and sexism within games themselves has increased. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the games everyone played in, like, the, the 80s and 90s were, like, you can play as a, a dot with a slit for a mouth, <laughs> or you can play as a, as a fat plumber. <laughs> and, like... Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think it's interesting that maybe it's gotten worse, like the sexualization or objectification, because that could also be part of kind of this feedback loop of uh, reinforcing mm-hmm. stereotypes. And I read about um, a phenomenon called the Proteus. I don't know how what that would be. Proteus. Proteus in Swedish, and I assume Latin. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's a phenomenon where people tend to like adjust their behavior in games uh, in accordance with like their appearance in the game. Um, hmm. So we, uh, or people in general, seem to behave in a way that uh, is kind of in line with the stereotypes they ascribe to a certain way of looking in a game. Um, so one example that I read was that like uh, they did an experiment and like if you wear like a dark cloak or maybe like a KKK outfit, you're more likely mm-hmm. to like be really aggressive or violent in a game. So you'll you know kind of play your part um, according to what you expect, what you expect and what you think that other players expect of you in the game. And more specifically what that means for like I think that's why why Metroid was so important because they didn't let you look like a woman you just looked like an ambiguous badass character so you played like one yeah exactly but for what they found in uh, one study uh, where they put uh, women divided women into two groups and and one group got to play um got it like an avatar or like a character that was a very like clearly sexualized um character with like um a body uh or like a lot of a very exaggerated body and uh, uh-huh. small clothing <laughs> and and the other group got uh, a more kind of natural or like normal just like fully covered clothing um, more realistic body shape, um, and that the, they found that the women who were playing as these more sexualized character, um, they were kind of internalizing that into like the, they reported thinking a lot more about their themselves as sexualized or like objectified or like they thought mm-hmm. more more about their own bodies, uh, and they also changed their behavior in the game to be more like. To play more on on their sexual nature, I guess. Uh, But also, I think this was terrifying um, (laughs) to read. But they they um, also recorded like a higher rate of like believing like the rape myth, like you know, like she she asked for it. (laughs) I like that they were like um, more likely to think that like. That, that women who dress a certain way or act a certain way deserve yeah. to be treated a certain way. 
um, and also that they so so it it <laughs> it created a very like bad mental state for these women to play it as these characters, and it's a very like um, obvious adverse effect on like having mm-hmm. these portrayals of women in in video games that like even if you can technically do the same things as the male uh, characters it's it still like really gets to you to be put in that um, headspace and that together with maybe if you play online or uh, in social games that you are put through a lot of um, harassment uh, it's generally a, a bad bad experience even if it can also be a really good experience um so and that can explain like why it's gotten worse and worse that people kind of like reinforce this behavior and and these ideas so even even maybe a girl gamers and we maybe we should bring on our other <laughs> game uh-huh. expert at some point uh, but like even even girl gamers will kind of um, expect these over-sexualized uh, women characters and and like keep up a certain like behavior or um, yeah so basically I agree with you Marlena we, we need to or like the gaming industry needs to do better yeah uh, and we need other types of games and better developed characters with like uh, new types of stereotype or like new roles for people to play so yeah. you have to like uh... yeah I think a lot of community too could do a lot better I mean I don't if I was some of these videos I've seen too of like women playing these like shooter games that are, require communication and the things they say like there's like a little there's a video of a woman who has like like 20, 20 different videos in a row of her just playing um I forget what game, like Rainbow Six Siege, and it's a, it's a shooter that requires like communication to talk to each other, to you know, positioning and whatnot. Um, but almost the entire time, every group she gets into, they all just berate her, and it's always the same kind of not mm. like not like banter, it's just offensive. Um, but mm. it's a, kind of the same kind of insults, like and it's Go always about her being women. Literally, the same thing: kitchen uh, or sandwich. you know, sand- yeah, sandwich, <laughs> sandwich or you know, it's like, what are you wearing? No, something or, or sexualized too is like, yeah. or things too is like, you know, or, or they all do like the simp thing where they'll be like, <laughs> they'll <laughs> like say like sexual things to her too and be like, I don't know. One part is like, he's like, I got that kill for you. What do I get for it? And it's like, mm-hmm. Jesus, this is almost, it's cringing like that people, that men <laughs> yeah. do this kind of thing in the game. It's like, yeah. And like I don't know, like uh, it, it feels like if, uh, if there's a guy too who is like, just let her play, stop. You know, then there's a whole mm-hmm. tiring of white knighting, mm. where now that guy is being berated for that, as well, and he's got to pick a side now. Does he keep being that white knight kind of thing, or does he join the group and start keep berating? So it's like, I mean, most of them, I'm sure we're like, you know, what, I'm not, I'm not, I better rather be on the, the offending side over the being attacked. So. Just let her sit by herself and take it. So it's it's crazy. I would I couldn't I couldn't do it if I was I couldn't love a game that much probably with a group to where I'm being berated by just being a woman or not a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. single time I played it, I could not do that because then it's just not. It wouldn't be fun for me to do that. No. Also, though, I feel like the rest of the internet at least has moved on in the way it insults women 
But gamers have never gotten over that, like, 2005 level humor of, like, make me a sandwich. I know. I think it's so funny. But it's so funny. I think people who play games or men who play games are so but easily like, triggered. Still, all of that is, like, emasculating. Like, it's, like, exactly. Like, you're, you're a small, freckly, skinny. Petite. Yeah. Not a branch. Like, yeah, you're a branch. You're a tree branch. Oh, excuse me? Uh, you're a woman. Yeah, the kitchen would be a sandwich. It's so weird. It's so just... But know, it's it a very clearly so like a culture because it has this like is. very very typical phrase like it's not the just general sexism it's very like <laughs> we have our yeah. own little language yeah. and the <laughs> it's like yeah. they, it's almost like they studied this and how they're all like oh yeah, yeah I just uh, this is what I say I have a sticky note on my computer where things I say with women pop up <laughs> on the screen it's a it's insane yeah a little syllabus for the <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> interacting with them. yeah exactly and that's I mean obviously a terrible place to be for a woman like i mean mm-hmm. i don't understand how women regularly like put themselves through that because i like it's such yeah. a hostile environment and i think they should that's what i'm like, saying like like keep insulting each other but find new insults that don't rely on like calling people women and calling women like servants. Yeah. Like there's better like the rest <laughs> of the internet has moved on. Like you don't even you don't even have to do like modern insults. Like go back like five years in like internet <laughs> insults and like yeah. you can adopt that. But like you can say just as toxic, but just remove the the sexism. Well, yeah, I get too. But it's just I. It feels like if you want if you love a game. And again, because I I know that a lot of men are still like be demographic for mostly shooters and things too. But if you love a game or playing this game, whether it's an MMO or whatever, the more people who play this game, it's only gonna be able to give a chance to make this game better. Like obviously you have exceptions like Blizzard, who just the devs and people who treat people this badly because they're just bad people who are sexist and they suck. But not every company is like that. Obviously, I mean not every single one. But Blizzard just it's sad that Blizzard one of the biggest ants like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if I'm playing a game, it doesn't matter what it is, and there are like, I don't know, like 16 people who are joining the game and they're all women and they're playing it first time, I don't want to give them a negative idea of how the game is because I want to keep playing it because if they keep playing it, that just makes mm-hmm. it a bigger game. Like yeah. every game that gets big and huge because of players. And if you don't have players, you can't play the games. So obviously, if you want, it's just crazy to me Like people are like, they just don't want women to play these games because like, I'll keep them out of this game and competitively too. Like, um, I think one company riot and that's the one that made league of legends they're trying to create a a women's category for like a competition because there's not a lot of women who want to play against these men who are playing who've been playing it already for 15 years who are playing for their like the pro gaming they've just been playing so long there's not from the who play professionally of league and stream it maybe who are like trying to make a team and be that way and i think the I have men, mixed feelings about that but yeah i agree i think it is but i think anything is anything will help maybe if they can actually integrate a females category to where they people women can play then they can start combining two i guess the whole initiative but they had only one female team ever who played from like, i don't know exactly where they're from but it didn't yeah. seem like they weren't good enough to play it seemed like they just maybe weren't treated fairly so they didn't want to keep playing it on a, on a big screen in front of thousands of probably yeah men who are obviously but yeah yeah i just think i think welcoming, it, yeah yeah it's sad that it has to be that like i would not say that it has to be that way but like i could i could see that a, an all-female platform 
or like maybe a non-male platform at least, could be like a really nice <laughs> I'd probably watch play. that over the men. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could. Yeah, I, I think we should have women-only spaces, but not men-only spaces. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I yeah. think that's that's fair and reasonable. And I think if you don't think it is, then you need to read some <laughs> feminist literature. <laughs> I think men have their foot in the door with almost, almost everything, mm-hmm. even things that concern women politically yeah. or just yeah. every day. So I don't think they need any kind of space. But... Exactly, like typical female or like women stuff like cooking or like hair Mm -hmm. dressing what is that like being a hairdresser all of those things have men at the top either way like that's what i was gonna say like yeah yeah, if you if you're getting paid big money to do like a women thing yeah you're a man yeah like if you if you cook in your house you're a woman Mm -hmm. if you're a chef you're a man Yeah. yeah Exactly. So obviously there's it's, no like sucks. threshold for men to start cooking. Like you can obviously do it. But like for women to actually um, get into gaming for or like, ex- uh, I guess, enjoy it more. Because like you said, Marlena, a lot of women are playing games, but they're just mm-hmm. treated yeah. horribly. There's no notoriety for it. They, they play them. It's just that they're not, there's not a lot of communication because what's come to the communication about trying to be social that they get berated. <laughs> so it's, yeah. I'm not going to do it then. I'll play exactly. for the game alone. I heard people play with like robot voices and stuff. To yeah. Like, yeah, get yeah, out yeah, of it. yeah. Yeah, I'm probably the same thing. I just wouldn't want to be. I'd play the, for the game just to be fun for me and not interact or just typing. Yeah. It'd be like, there's no way you know more mm-hmm. than typing. Yeah. Um, but even then, things like that too. Like as an insult, if you type something that was like you know, criticism or whatever, it'd be people have been saying it's like that sounds like woman talk. And I was yeah. like, yeah, but are you a woman? Yeah, yeah. you must be a woman to say that or even worse and it's like uh did yeah. you really say that this is uh this is cringing um well before we go to the recommendations i want to tell the story that happened last night that it I, <laughs> um this is unrelated to gaming i just have to share it <laughs> so you know the song everybody wants to rule the world <laughs> i don't know if i do well yeah no i do it's it's pretty iconic it's pretty recognizable like You'd you'd know it if you heard it. Yeah. So have you heard of the the band Japanese Breakfast? Yeah, I listened to. I thought it was just one girl. No, it might be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So she or they have a song called "Everybody Wants to Love You," and on Spotify, if a song title is too long, they like cut it off, and it'll be like. Everybody wants dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and for some reason, I saw that and was like, oh, Japanese breakfast covered. Everybody wants to rule the world. So I added it to a bunch of my playlists and I've been listening to it for like a year and a half. <laughs> and I just realized yesterday <laughs> that it's a completely different song. <laughs> and I've been listening to it for like a year and a half. You're like, this is such a good cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World. <laughs> like, how is that possible? I don't know how, like, actively you, you listen to music. <laughs> I think I do. Like, I... Like one Every of my favorite day. activities is explaining <laughs> lyrics to somebody. Like constantly, I'll make Brad like sit in the car with me while I explain a song to him, and then play it like three <laughs> or four times through, and be like, "Okay, did you catch when they said this lyric?" <laughs> so like, 
my brain was just like, oh, this is a cover. I can put this on the back burner. <laughs> I just like never. <laughs> like, I want to listen to them both now and see if they're similar. Are they similar? They're not. <laughs> they're not. So different. <laughs> is it that you don't want, you don't like the, the first song? <laughs> You're like, this is, this sounds like, a lot better than. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, it's not a great song, but it's like a fun song. It's, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a good story. <laughs> Um, yeah, does anyone have any recommendations? Recommendations for books, music, podcasts, but it movies, can also be TV games. shows, but it can also be games for our gaming episode. <laughs> I <can go> first. <laughs> so the, I've been trying to write down recommendations before we start the episode. Mm. So we don't get to this point and I'm like, uh, <laughs> and so the recommendation that I wrote down is the book Poison for Breakfast by Lemony Snicket. But I want to do a second recommendation that's a game after this. But I still want to recommend Poison for Breakfast by Lemony Snicket. Or the the author who goes by the name Lemony Snicket, because that's not his real name. Okay. Uh, this book is so short and so easy and so fun. <laughs> but it's it was just such a fun read. I read it all yesterday. But also, this really weird thing happened yesterday when... Um, like, three different times, Brad and I had conversations about the band, The Mountain Goats. Okay. Like, just organically, three different times yesterday, they were brought up and talked about. And then as I was, like, finishing the book yesterday, he references a song by the band, The Mountain Goats, in the book. Which is, like, first of all, just really weird, but also I've read a lot of Lemony Snicket as a child, because he used to write, I think he still writes children bu- children's books. And, like, it's not his normal writing style to be like, here's a song by a, a band. Like it was so strange to me. Is it a famous that, that band? happened? No, not, they're not that famous. I haven't heard of them. They're, I feel like they're well known if you listen to that style of music, but they're, they're not like a famous band at, yeah. by any means. You, I think you'd have to be listening to that kind of style. Like you said, to be affiliated with them. <laughs> I've never heard of it until Marlena. It was so weird. <laughs> but also, like, it's just a fun book in general, even okay. if you're not a. Even if you a haven't talked, talked about, about the Mountain Ghost three <laughs> times today. <laughs> um, but my game recommendation, I'm going to go with Stardew Valley because it's fun. I think the guy that made it is great. I think he's an example of like a guy that's actually a good person in the gaming industry. Um, it's very playable and it like, it has a lot of great little life lessons in there. And like he keeps, I think it's done now cause he's not the guy, I'm um, concerned ape that made it. He's now making a second game. Yeah. But he, like that game's been out for a while and he's been continuously releasing new content for that game for free. Which I think is also wonderful. Very nice. What was it called again? Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. We can also play it together. It has multiplayer. Really? Yes. Yeah, we can four start a people Twitch. play. Up to four people. I think you guys should definitely start a Twitch for Stardew Valley <laughs> and, do, and do speed runs of it. Marlene should definitely do a speed run of the game. She played it like 15 times. <laughs> 
to complete. I own it on two different platforms. I have it on my Switch and on my laptop. How like, many hours? <laughs> how many hours do you have logged in that game? So many. I've got like ten different saves on on both <laughs> <Yeah>. platforms. <laughs> no. I would say it's like my go-to comfort game. Like anytime I'm bored or like depressed, I'm like I'm gonna start a new save file in Stardew Valley. <laughs> yeah, that and your yearly completion of Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's those are my go-tos. Yeah, I just want to put out though that even though she says like Breath of the Wild, I think I know why she doesn't like that Zelda Breath of the Wild because not a typical Zelda game. She has beaten. It's soulless. She has completed 99% of that game, but she refuses to beat it. Like most <laughs> games, she will get almost to the end and will not just complete it. She'll have literally everything. But that's done. not why I don't like it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me not liking it. It's not it. traditional it's, the way it is. I get you. It's not that it's not traditional. It's that the reason the Legend of Zelda games are so good, in my opinion, is because they, they like carry a lot of like soul. Like they're, there's incredible music to them. There's like incredible backstories and like storylines and the characters are well-developed. And they took all of that out, and they yeah. were just like, "Okay, here's a here's a Zelda game with no music, no characters, no storylines. Wander around and kill the same five enemies over and over. Like literally, they come back like every two weeks of like game time. Like <laughs> it sucks." Yeah. And that, well, that's what I meant. Like it's not traditionally how a Zelda game would be. It's not fun puzzles. It's not fun characters. It's not like enjoyable in the no, way. There's, there's puzzles. They're just soul. But not but not the same way you used to be. Like it was, it'd be it's the same thing over and over and over again, other than having a traditional Zelda game where you go through new little things and little challenges every single area, or whatever, everywhere you go. It's just open world, and that's all it really was. Because you can yeah. free to go wherever you want to at any point, and do, like, you could run to the very end and fight the, the final boss if you want to at the very beginning of the game. That's just a, Don't play that game. Play Stardew Valley, and if you're going to yeah. play Zelda, play Majora's Mask. Yeah. <laughs> or Ocarina of Time. I agree. I recommend a game... Um, it's called Little Nightmares, and it's co-op where you have to. It's codependent, where you depend on each other to do stuff together. Like kind of like it takes two, I'm sure, where one person has to do something so you could do something else to help them. Yeah. But it's a, it's a little bit like um. It seems a little Lovecrafty how the how the the horror and it's kind of scary. Like there's it's it's not just um it's like same way it's kind of side scroll together where you're on the same screen, mm-hmm. kind of like Mario too, but you do these things together. Um, to get through, and there's things that are kind of chasing you, or in the background, things kind of like things happen. But it's it's a little bit of um, a thrilling, scary thing where I don't know. You have to see it, you can see yourself how it is like it. But I want Marlene to play that with me too eventually. But it's it's it looks pretty fun. Is it um, on uh, what platform? Is it on? I've seen it on Steam. Um, and That's all I've seen it on. Can you play it it's on PlayStation? Time. It was, it was on those two as well. I saw on the Xbox, so it's, it's probably on PlayStation as well too. But yeah, possible. But yeah, you could you could also play on computers together too. Play easier one. Um, but for a book, I would say there's a book I read. You don't have to do. You don't have to do a book. Do a book, okay, Brad. <laughs> okay. Don't tell me hello, my life, Marlena. <laughs> I can do a I'm book. I'm just saying you, you can do whatever you want. You Why not? There's no, no you pressure. Don't you don't read. <laughs> The, no, the requirement is just one thing. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do a book. I, I had a book already planned. I'll do a book. The requirement is just one. That I've been rereading. We had a book club with a couple people back in Illinois. It was called The book was called Smoke and Summons. It was not a real book club. It was an attempt at a book club. Um, <laughs> no one could follow Correction. Uh, the only who followed through was my, Marley and myself. So we were 50% of the group so who you followed left. through. So you left. 
Yeah, and I, we just like we'll take it, our uh, our talents elsewhere. Um, it's <laughs> but it's a nice story. It's like it has a romance. Did you ever finish Marley? Yeah, I finished it. Okay, actually, um, but it has romance. It has like a little bit of magic, but it's kind of dark, and it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. To, it's pretty thrilling. Like there's a lot of things that happen to where you think these like these two characters are more. They go through a lot of stuff, and it doesn't ends at the, this, the first book they have a couple i think me two or three afterwards mm-hmm. that i've got to read so but it's, it's it's entertaining it's not too long like marlene's book it's not too long it's not too I'm not like a, a hard of series of books though i don't know why yeah <laughs> what well, was it called it is, sorry I, I missed the it's called smoke and summon oh i wonder if oh, i yeah. had a friend who read that yeah nice yeah good good recommendation possibly I wouldn't know it. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, <laughs> I never prepare for these. I wanted, like, this is not a recommendation. This is a, a call for support. But I have a game that I played when I was younger called Armies of Exigo. Weird name. But I can't find it anywhere. So recommendation slash call for help. If anyone knows where to get it, uh, email us. What is our email address? Um, I think it is F- figureitout.pod1. Let me double check that. Um, was it mm, an o- was it an overhead it's, game? It's figureitout.pod1 yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah. yeah I think it's exactly. on Amazon. Is it really? Oh, is it yeah. is it anywhere else than Amazon? If I'm. A... <laughs> oh yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, I don't support Amazon. Um, I don't. I don't think so. Uh... I just have like a lot of like positive memories, like connected yeah. to all this. I, I, the all the little sounds they make in the game. But um, <laughs> I, I like. I feel like it's not a good game. It's just uh, like an emotional attachment, but it's. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's got a pretty high score for an older game. Oh, Check it out if you <laughs> if you want to. I, think I would play fun. this because it's like a it looks kind of maybe like a, a real time strategy game. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I think it's I think it's pretty easy though. Or th- with that said, I don't think I ever completed it. I don't think I. <laughs> 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 but I think everyone else did. That I know. So, <laughs> oh, a fun little game, um, and that's that's all I have. No book for me. No books. Okay. Um, um, please follow, subscribe, rate us on the podcasting platform of your choice. You can also find follow find and follow us on social media. We have a Twitter at figure it out pod underscore and an Instagram at figure underscore it out podcast. You can email us at figureitout.pod1 at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, topic suggestions, or places to find that game. <laughs> besides Amazon. Um, you can't find Brad online. He doesn't have a large presence, but if you're a fan, you can email us and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> if you we'll want him to message. be on more episodes. He can't be like a regular, um, but he can be a reoccurring guest. Yeah. If we have another topic, he can... Yeah. Add to. We'll we'll consider it. <laughs> All right. Um, that's it. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>